Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. Now you're very welcome back. So as expected this afternoon, Padraig Harrington was unveiled as European Ryder Cup captain for 2020 at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. His credentials, as we all know, in this part of the world are impeccable. A three-time major winner, hugely successful careers on the European and PGA Tour. A six-time Ryder Cup player. He was vice-captain on three occasions. He spoke today at his unveiling in Wentworth. You could look at this as being a natural progression. You move on from player to vice-captain to captain, but... It's not something that I take on without a certain amount of trepidation. I, uh, I really want to be a help. It's, 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 I want to hopefully lead the Ryder Cup and the European Tour in a better place after two years. But I know we want continuity in Europe. We want to keep moving along. And, and ideally, we play the Ryder Cup match tomorrow with the same 12 guys. But you know, I, I know we're going to a, a new venue. It's an away match. Uh, we're going to have, on average, you know, three more rookies coming into the team, and I have to be a part of that team and ensure that I find an edge to make the team perform to the best of their abilities, get the most out of them, and hopefully get a win. And, and, and you know, having been a player, having won three majors, I've done a lot in my own personal career, but you know, I know taking on the Ryder Cup captaincy is a different thing, it's a different level. And it's something I have to, you know, I really, you know, conscious that I have to find that edge and, and add to it. Uh, and, and, you know, that's something I don't take lightly. It's going to take a great deal of my time over the, the next 18 months figuring out how can I make our team play to the best of their ability. It seemed to fit very nicely that I go and do the, the, the away match. And then it really came down to whether... I wanted to be in the hat and, and put, you know, what is a successful career, put it on the line, because you are putting it on the line when you become the Ryder Cup captain. It is a different uh, uh, element to your career. And, you know, we know a successful captain is, is great and a, a losing captain, you know, it's his fault. So it, there is a lot of, I am putting something on the line going out there. And once I decided that I wanted to, you know, take that chance, put myself out there, I think then it was just making sure that the, the European Tour and the, and the PGA uh, both decided I was the right man too. We've had some great captains over the last number of years and, and uh, you know, I suppose I've learned from all of them. I've probably learned more, I've actually learned a lot more as vice-captain than you do as player. It's amazing the difference as a player, you're, you're very one-dimensional about doing your thing and getting on with performing. As a vice-captain, you definitely see a lot more. And yeah, I... It is daunting because you, you want to do a good job. Uh, you want to add to the Ryder Cup. And as I said, Thomas has left it in a very strong place. He did a great job. Uh, and all the captains I've played under or, or was vice-captain, I've learned from every one of them. And I will try and bring that all together. And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully I will pull it together and do the, say the right things at the right time. Uh, and hopefully, you know, get a team and get the best out of that team that... that provides a winning performance. So that was Padraig Harrington in Wentworth this afternoon. We have the 2014 Ryder Cup captain Paul McGinley on the line. Evening, Paul. Hi. Hi, Joe. How are you? Yeah, great. So Irish golf has now suddenly produced three of the last four Ryder Cup captains. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's not an Irish thing. I think uh, we happen to be three guys um, in the right place at the right time, in the right stage in our careers, um, with the right kind of status among our peers to be voted in. Um, 
I'm a great believer, the best man for the job, and there's no doubt that Partick is the best man for the job at this moment in time. And the great captain, I'm sure, um, you know, that's his that's his goal. That's what he wants to be is is go out and, and put a, a cherry on top of what's been an incredible career with uh, with a, a win as a Ryder Cup captain, particularly, as he said there in his press conference, away from home. I mean, mm. it's, it's obviously a lot more difficult. It seems nobody was in any doubt that he was the man at the right time and in the right place. It's a, as close to unanimous a choice as we've ever had, really. I think so, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. It, I, it, was a, it was pretty much a home run. Um, when Lee saw that uh, Podic was keen, he, he kind of, <laughs> he quickly removed himself and said, look, I'm happy to wait behind Podic. And it's a good time in Podic's career. You know, we all know how much he loves golf and we all know that he's still very much a player. And uh, also the fact that when he gets to 50, he's got that Champions Tour in America. There's no doubt he's going to hit that running and is just as motivated now to play well doing that. So this fits in between that period of time mm. where maybe he's not as competitive on the main tours um, as obviously he was 10 years ago and, and reaching 50. So it's a it's a good moment in part of his career to be taking on uh, such a big role. I don't know that you take much notice of the language that he was using in his press conference today because when he talks about his own game individually, he is often so confident, you know, whereas today there were words like, uh, cer- you know, he talked about a certain amount of trepidation and, and said, I hope I can add something and, you know, talked about it being quite daunting in many ways. Uh, none of that is surprising. It's a huge role to take on. I'm, I'm sure you felt the same things, you know, that you are as an individual dwarfed by the scale of the event sometimes. It is a scary thing that you, that you embark on. Uh, to, a, to a bit of extent, yes, Joe, I'd agree with that. But but the biggest problem he's got taken on is the expectation. Mm. Um, having won, having this hugely dominant period of success that Europe are having, um, and he's you know in a position now where he has to try and continue it. Uh, and that's the problem. I mean, that was the, that was the big weight that I had on my shoulders more than anything else was we'd won seven of the previous nine, and I was going in as a home captain, you know, with a lot of uh, mm. pressure on my shoulders. Now, fortunately, I was I was captaining against Tom Watson, and I was able to dissipate a lot of that and throw throw the pressure over his way. Um, but Pony could figure a way around all of these things, and the fact that he's playing away from home, um, uh, I think, is uh, is certainly going to benefit him, and I think it's a role he's really going to relish. I think Harrington, in his whole career, even when he was winning those major championships, he was constantly pitching himself as the underdog, whether it would be through an injury that week or, you know, being tired or whatever. He was constantly reveling in that role of being an underdog. And he's certainly going to be up against the going away from home and will relish that role as a consequence. So, I mean, we saw it. No, it, it was, it was as, as evident maybe as it's ever been in the last uh, two Ryder Cups uh, in Paris, just gone in particular. The home captain has such a huge advantage in that they can shape the course to suit their own team. So as the away captain... Harrington will effectively have no say in the course. Is that right in Whistling Straits? Yeah, that's right in Whistling Straits. But it's a, it's an, a, if you could pick, honestly, I mean, I've been in America a lot. If I could pick one course in the whole of America that would uh, suit European team most, it would be Whistling Straits. It's on the banks of uh, it's on it's on the banks of Lake Michigan. It's got the feel of a Lynx golf course, a little bit like Kings Barnes. Anybody who's ever been up around there, without the weather, with good weather, yeah. um, it's always windy. Um, yeah, there's a bit of room off the tee, but there's elevation changes. There's a lot of movement on the greens. So if you look through the history of Whistling Straits, I mean, I played well there myself, two shots behind when BJ Singh won the PGA Championship in '04. Uh, Martin Keimer has won there. I think mm. Rory might have been third when Martin Keimer won. You know, Europeans have played well on that golf course. So um, I, I think we're, we're fortunate and, and, and Pardick will, will be thrilled that it is going to be on, on that golf course. Right, OK. And is, is it so linksy that the greens will be slightly slower on the stint meter? 
Uh, not particularly, but I, I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, all of our players play in America now and they're used to the fast greens. Um, that certainly doesn't um, put us on the back foot the way that the tight fairways put the Americans in the back foot in Paris. Okay. So if, if so much of the home captain, I mean, and you, you'd know this as well from 2014, if so much of the home captain's um, time might be dedicated to trying to, to set up the course perfectly for a given team in a given year, so if, if Harrington doesn't have to worry about any of that, what will be the big things that he'll be looking after over the 18 months as the away captain? Well, um, what will be the big things? I mean, obviously getting his team in place, Joe, is, is the most important thing. You know, you're, you're, you're as good as your team. Um, you know, Thomas, uh, Thomas changed in the qualification this year to make 50% extra points available in the last three months proved a masterstroke because it got everybody in form. Mm. Every single player was in some kind of form going into that Ryder Cup, except Sergio. Um, and that's why he was a bit of a controversial pick when he was made. Having said that, he went out and, and then finished in, in the top 10 and I think fifth or sixth in Portugal the week before um, and, and went on to have a great Ryder Cup. So getting a team in form is key and that's what he'd be looking for. Um, part of being the analytical type that he is will take a lot of what's worked. Certainly, um, when we pl- Darren's team and Hazel's team, um, I think it's a common consensus among everybody. We didn't have our best 12 players on the pitch. Uh, we had a, a number of rookies on the team, which is okay, but a lot of them were out of form and had qualified early in the qualification period. That's why Thomas um, uh, tweaked the qualification to give extra points for the last three months to get more guys in form. So as I couldn't make the team, I mean, I can speak from experiences myself, but in the K-Club, I'd made the team way in advance, probably mm. six months in advance. By the time the K-Club came around, I was off form, and it's a tough place to go when you're going into a Ryder Cup and you're not quite on form, but you've already qualified. So having team in form is important. I'm sure he'll, he'll replicate in some ways the qualification uh, for a team so that he does get a team very much in form. And I think where we are in Europe at the moment, the quality of players that we have... Um, I think, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be in great shape. In my view, this is the best ever Ryder Cup team we put out in Paris, and I think there's no reason to think we won't even have a better team in two years' time. So there's a lot of things lining up for him um, that he'll be he'll be um, thrilled about, but it is tough, and um, it's, there's no doubt playing away from home is even tougher than it is playing at home. But I mean, he's ready for the job. There's no question about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he talked about a range of things today. He I really liked the way... I mean, he certainly was very complimentary of you and talked about how you would put more in the two years of preparation into the Ryder Cup than any other captain has ever done in history. And you've uh, you've almost changed the role in that sense. He talked about Thomas Bjorn put a lot of emphasis on the vice captains doing a lot of the groundwork and coming up, you know, going through the this, this stats and coming up with all, you know, all the information which made it easy for Thomas Bjorn to make quick decisions throughout the week. He talked about, you know, Sam Torrance, very emotional, and, and that was important in its own way. And actually, if anyone, he likened himself more to Bernhard Langer, more the school teacher type. He mm. said, I'm not going to be the, the, the fuzzy, warm, huggy captain type. Yeah, I'm, I'd agree with that. That's who I would pitch him up as. Um, I'll tell you what, if he does as well as Bernard Langer, winning by a record <laughs> yeah. score away from home in Detroit like he did, he'd be thrilled. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's the kind of player he's been. You know, that dogged competitor. Um, that's the kind of player he will be, and that's what he'll be as a vice captain. You know, he, he won't change. He'll be a, he'll be dogged. He'll be competitive. He'll surround himself with good people. Um, you know, as I've pointed out many times, the role of the vice captains is underrated, and um, in a lot of the media, it's underrated. You know, I see that with car drivers and all of these this kind of nonsense. Now, to me, they're very very important. And Podic, for one, played a huge role uh, on the shoulder of Victor de Puisson, um in in in, uh, in Glen Eagles when I was captain, and, and there's no doubt that Victor's good play was was uh, there's a big contribution of that went to the role the Patrick played in following those games and and being around them and and being that kind of a 
a big brother to him on the golf course. And so, you know, the reason why they're so important is, is um, it, there's numerous reasons, but the main one is the fact that, you know, you, you take Joe Smith watching a rookie match, for example. Um, you know, he's sitting there, you're all watching the whole game unfold in one arena all in front of you. You've got your coaches around you and you're all watching the one arena, whereas in the Ryder Cup, of course, first two days, there's four matches been on concurrently and the captain can't be everywhere. And that's why having one dedicated um, vice captain to each game and then getting him to critique that game uh, and, and really trusting his reading of the game in order to help you make a decision for what's going on in the afternoon is critical. And, and that's the reason why vice captains, in my opinion, are, are hugely important and a very important dynamic in in winning Ryder Cups. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I guess like any captain or like any um, coach or manager or captain, you're trying to foresee potential pitfalls. You'll know this stuff inside out. The Rory McIlroy situation on the European Tour is uh, somewhat up in the air. He's been fairly clear in his comments that it seems like he's only going to play two European events. Uh, they're believed to be, we don't have confirmation, believed to be the Omega European Masters, which would be to do with the sponsor and the Scottish Open the week before Port Rush. McElroy's European status, therefore, is that an issue for Harrington? Is he going to be there in Whistling Straits, or is that, is that all fine? Um, I, it'll be all fine from what Rory has said, because he, if he does fall out of membership this year in the European Tour, he said it's a non-Ryder Cup year, and he's not too perturbed about it, and, okay. and will join again next year. So okay. um, he will miss the end of qualifying, so he won't gather any points in September, October, November, December, if he doesn't take up membership. Um, but, you know, being Rory McIlroy, if he's close to the team and showing some form and just misses out, and, and uh, there's no doubt he'll obviously be a pick. So um, okay. I, I'm sure Farley will cross that bridge and communicate with Rory and, and um, you know, be very much honest. You know, you don't want to leave a player the quality of Rory McIlroy out of the Ryder Cup team. That's one thing for sure. I presume McIlroy's comments won't have gone down well at uh, Wentworth when he talked about the European Tour and... I mean, look, sometimes he's just too honest. It's, it's great when you're a journalist, I suppose, but when he's, he's saying things like, um, you know, you can talk all you want about the bigger events in Europe, but you go to America, you play for more money, more ranking points. Uh, the European Tour is a, sep is a stepping stone. It, that's the truth. That's the way it is. It's tough. I still want to support the European Tour, but um, it's not as though I'm just starting out and jumping ship. I've done my time. I've done everything I feel like I need to do to say, OK, I'm going to make my own decisions and do what I want. Yeah, they're not going to love him describing the European Tour as a stepping stone. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah, of course. I mean, it's um, you know, <laughs> what can you do? I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, the professional golf game is you make your own decisions. You play what you want to do. A lot of the 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 uh, leverage is is on the side of the players, not what on the side of the tours. And um, you know what what he's proposing to do um, is no different than what Nick Fallow did in his career, what Bernard Langer did in his career. Um, you know, Bernard's married to a to an American girl as well, and has been living in America for you know a couple of decades now at this stage, and still consistently lives there. Um, and it's it's no different. Um, it's just the part has made this, or sorry, uh, Rory has made it uh, uh, very public. Uh, but it's it's no different in in terms of uh, what's happened our staff players over the years. There's no doubt America is the place to, to place to go as if you were a top player. Why wouldn't you want to play for all those that money and and, and play for all those world ranking points and and those titles that are, it's a lot easier to play in the PGA Tour. Mm. Uh, but we hope that Rory, you know, still remembers home and, and you know, does come home. And, and, you know, we've got a huge fan base here and it's where he's from. And, and we hope that, you know, as the season goes on, um, we just see how it all evolves. And certainly we're, we're keeping a, a little eye open on the, hopefully the Irish Open is going to turn up there. But if it's not going to be the case, hopefully he'll reconsider. And, 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 and look at the end of the season, which is the point that I was making in Dubai, which is, 
Um, you know, I can understand them um, coming into the majors and coming into the masters and the majors are kind of spread out from the first four months of the year. Sorry, April, May, June and July this year. I can understand them focusing in America and not wanting to do the traveling and leading into the masters, trying something different. I get all that. Yeah. Um, but the FedEx finishes the third week in August, um, you know, and, and hopefully then when the FedEx is over and, and then they do this wraparound season and start traveling to Japan and China and Mexico and all of these foreign places that, you know, we'll have Wentworth on around that time. We'll have Dubai where he's played very well in the past, uh, Turkey, South Africa where he's played well, and maybe hopefully he'll reconsider and, and decide to go and play those tournaments. But uh, as I say, the ball's very much in Rory's court and he'll make his own decisions and, and that's what the top players have always historically done. Yeah, I guess it's a selfish game. Ultimately, you have to look after yourself. Uh, I mean, he's to- the, re- the issue with the Irish Open, it seems, is that he's talked about preferring to play the week before the majors and in this year's schedule that would be the Scottish Open with Port Rush to follow. The Irish Open is the week before the Scottish Open. Have you spoken to him about Le Hinch? Obviously you're hosting this year and everybody's looking forward to Le Hinch. It's going to be fantastic. Have you been in touch with him? Has he given you any indication either way, Paul? No, no indication. Um, it's all up in the air. You know as much as what I've seen in the media. And um, But we'll monitor the situation. The door's always open for him. Um, I understand um, at this moment in time, more than anything, his focus should be on the Masters. It should be preparing for the Masters and trying to complete the Grand Slam, which only five or six people in the history of the game have done. Mm. It's a huge goal if he were to achieve it. It would reflect really well on Europe, really well on the, on the European Tour, really well on Ireland, really well on Rory, really well on everybody. I mean, it would separate him away from all of the you know, the so-called top players in the world at the moment, uh, top of the world rankings, if he were to go and complete a Grand Slam. So he's right to be focused on that at this moment in time. And, you know, the Irish Open will come in time. And when the Masters is done and, and he kind of gets into the season, you know, he'll, 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 he'll review his season, review his schedule. And, um, you know, at that, that'll be the time to uh, start talking to him about, uh, about, about the Irish Open and finding if it's still not going to be on his radar or not, which will be after the Masters. OK, that's fair enough. Uh, did you see much of him in Hawaii over the weekend? I did. I did. I watched a bit of him. Um, I watched quite a bit of him, actually, and I was hugely impressed the way he played. Um, um, I thought his balance, his swing, his power, his control of the ball, um, his wedge play, all of the things uh, looked really, really on. Um, his putting looked decent, um, and I know he got overrun on the, on the last day. I think if it had been a bit windier on the last day, it may well have suited him. Mm. It turned into a putting contest and, and, and a low scoring, which notoriously he's not particularly, that's not normally what he excels in, but uh, he looked to be in really good shape to me, I have to say. Um, right. He looked really in, in good shape, like a guy who's been working and training and practicing over the wintertime. Okay. Listen, uh, appreciate your time as ever. Thanks so much. All right, you're welcome. Paul McGinley right. there, uh, giving us his thoughts live on the line. Padraig Carrington, uh, Ryder Cup captain for uh, 2020 at uh, Whistling Straits. So we'll take a short break. Back in a moment. Off the ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.